From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, OCT, angiography, and glaucoma. I believe decreased blood flow is certainly an effect of glaucoma in almost all patients. I also believe that in some patients, reduced flow is also part of the causal chain of glaucoma damage. First this. What's your idea of the perfect meeting? Mine would be a meeting in which the topics I want are covered by the people who are innovators in their fields, who talk about things that are immediately relevant to my practice and who are both approachable and available between sessions. Ideally, I would like only one session to be running at a time so that I don't miss anything and for each session to consist only of really high-quality speakers. I guess if I were to go on to fantasize, the meeting would be in a beautiful location with plenty for my family to do while I'm filling my brain. Now, if you add a collegial atmosphere that promotes conversation with other ophthalmologists and an informal setting, then you would have a pretty good description of side-by-side, ASCRS's new winter meeting. Side-by-side takes the place of winter update, and its motto is, at the intersection of ideas and implementation. Join me at Side by Side at Turnberry Isle in Aventura, Florida. Go to sidexside.ascrs.org for more information, to book your housing, and to register. Those of you who are regular listeners to this podcast know of my enthusiasm for OCT and geography. I believe this technology holds as much promise for us as clinicians as OCT did itself when it first emerged into clinical use. The subject has come up several times in the context of macular pathology. Today, we discuss OCT and geography in the management of glaucoma. David Wong has published results of a study examining oculocoherence tomography and geography in the evaluation of optic disc perfusion in patients with glaucoma, and I'm delighted to have him as my guest today. We are going to be discussing the role of OCT and geography in the context of glaucoma. Before we discuss this super interesting technology, let me ask you something more fundamental What evidence exists that glaucoma is, at least in part, a vascular disease? Well, there's actually a lot of evidence that vascular factors play important roles in uh, the pathophysiology of glaucoma. Uh, One is that systemic vasculopathy increases the risk of glaucoma. Uh, High blood pressure, diabetes, vasospastic conditions are all, all known risk factors, and uh, normal tension glaucoma has been linked to uh, peripheral endothelial dysfunction and even erectile dysfunction. So all this suggests that poor circulation uh, may be a causative factor or at least a facilitative factor that predisposed the optic nerve head to damage by uh, elevated intraocular pressure. Uh, also, a decrease of fluctuation in ocular perfusion pressure have been identified as an independent risk factor for progression of glaucoma in the collaborative normal tension glaucoma study. Uh, nocturnal hypotension has been identified as a risk factor for glaucoma progression. 
And uh, animal experiments have shown that increasing intraocular pressure causes a decrease in the optic nerve head blood flow um, in the presence of low systemic blood pressure. So all this suggests that low blood pressure may play a role in some glaucoma patients, possibly in conjunction with elevated intraocular pressure or impaired oral correlation. Uh, also, some medications improve ocular perfusion, such as calcium channel blocker, and they, they seem to have some protective effect against glaucoma visual field progression that are not explained by lowering of intraocular pressure. Uh, and finally, optic disc hemorrhage, uh, parapapillary atrophy are both associated with accelerated uh, glaucoma progression, and they suggest that uh, vascular factors, local uh, hypoperfusion may have a role in focal uh, glaucoma progression. David, what is OCT angiography? I, 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 I gather that there's more than one technology, and, and the Doppler OCT is not the technology that your device employs. Uh, no, not at this point. Uh, earlier versions of OCT angiography did use the Doppler principle, but because Doppler detects uh, axial flow and most retinal vessels are actually transverse to the OCT beam, this turns out not to be the best way to detect uh, blood flow in retinal vessels. So the most efficient OCT angiography techniques look at the variation in OCT signal over time in uh, OCT cross-sectional images to detect flow. Uh, and you can use uh, either the magnitude or the phase of the OCT signal. Uh, both techniques work fine. We use a technique that look at the variation in the magnitude of OCT signal in uh, consecutive OCT B-scans or cross-sections. And uh, we have a, a special algorithm called uh, split-spectrum amplitude decorrelation angiography, or SADA. And this splits the OCT signal into many spectral channels to uh, enhance speckle contrast and uh, uh, in increase the uh, signal-to-noise ratio of flow detection. So using this technique, we can actually uh, get a high-quality angiogram using a few seconds of scanning time on a commercial OCT device. So there, there, are, there are many OCT uh, angiography technologies, and, and uh, they are working better and better. And the, the best technology we have now actually do not use a Doppler principle. Am I right that, that the Doppler principle is really of uh, limited value in vasculature that's very, very small, that it's only going to give you data for larger retinal vessels? That's right. Yeah, we, we still use uh, Doppler OCT mainly to look at the large retinal veins within the, uh, the optic nerve head, and you can uh, scan those large vessels to measure a total retinal blood flow, and I think that's very useful as well. Uh, but when I talk about OCT angiography, I'm talking about mapping uh, smaller vessels actually down to the capillary level uh, both both in the optic nerve head, in the retina around it, and also around the uh, the fovea. David, can I get you to describe the design of your study, what the main outcome measures were? And, and, and for the purpose of your study, how did you define glaucoma? Well, uh, this study was part of a, a NIH uh, grant called Functional and Structural OCT uh, in Glaucoma. 
And uh, in this study, we, we recruited glaucoma uh, participants who have uh, glaucoma thinning of the disc rim, and uh, uh, most also have glaucoma visual field damage that met formal criteria in terms of uh, glaucoma hemifield test or uh, uh, pattern standard deviation uh, on the Humphrey uh, uh, perimetry. And the, uh, the main outcome measure th uh, that we, we look at was the, uh, the flow index average within the optic disc uh, using OCT and geography. Uh, how, you, you mentioned briefly, but once more, how, how long does it take to obtain an image and how long does the patient have to stay still and stay fixated on, on a fixation target? Uh, the scan is fairly short. It's three seconds, and we take one scan where the the, uh, the fast scan axis is horizontal or um, X fast, and another scan where the fast axis is vertical. Uh, and then we we register the two scans uh, to obtain a uh, an OCT angiogram that actually is pretty much uh, free of motion artifacts. So you 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 get this 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 very high resolution high quality data. How how repeatable was the data obtained between different visits? In terms of the uh, quantitative parameters, the primary one was the uh, the optic disc flow index, and that could be measured with four percent coefficient of variation between uh, between visits. Within visit, it was actually better. It was better than two percent. So uh, th this technique uh, is remarkable in how re repeatable and reproducible it is. And what were your results of, of this finding, what, of this study? What were your findings? Well, we found that uh, the disc the flow index was uh, reduced by 25% in the glaucoma group uh, uh, overall, including both uh, parametric glaucoma and preparametric glaucoma. And the uh, sensitivity and specificity uh, were actually 100% using an optimized cutoff. Uh, so this has, this indicates a high, uh, it, it's, that, that it's very promising for uh, glaucoma diagnosis, even though it's a relatively small study. And the uh, flow index was highly correlated with visual field pattern standard deviation. The R-square was uh, 0.75, which was excellent. Uh, so, so this shows that uh, it, it's a good uh, uh, indication of the severity of glaucoma. Uh, and, and this correlation held uh, even after accounting for age, uh, cup to disc ratio, nerve fiber layer thickness, and, and, and so forth in a, a multivariate analysis. And how, how do these findings compare with other assessments of optic nerve head blood flow in glaucoma, those not measured by OCT angiography? Blood flow in glaucoma actually has been studied for a long time, um, starting with uh, fluorescent angiography, uh, I think, 30 years ago. Of course, it was really too invasive to be used uh, commonly, but uh, they found in glaucoma patients that the the disc have uh, uh, increased filling time, uh, but that w that wasn't really practical uh, clinically. There's been uh, 
couple of less invasive techniques that can see uh, optic disc uh, blood flow. One is the, the Heidelberg device called the uh, Heidelberg Retinal Angiograph. And it's based on a laser Doppler flowography principle. Uh, but the, the limitation there was uh, the, uh, the variation in the, the, the values they were getting were highly variable between subjects, uh, more than 40% in terms of coefficient of variation. So it's, it's hard to compare one person from another, so it did not really have glaucoma diagnostic potential. And a more recent technology uh, is available in Japan. It's called laser speculography. And uh, the principle is actually fairly similar, you know, it's a different instrument. And they were able to get uh, a little bit better, uh, about 20 to 30 percent uh, coefficient of variation in, in a normal population and a reproducibility of about 13%. So they were able to uh, look at uh, uh, the effect of medications, for example, on, on blood flow, but they, they weren't able to use this for, uh, for diagnosis because the, you know, the difference between people were just too great. So, uh, so previous methods just uh, are too variable or too irreproducible to really be used clinically. They could be used on, on to compare between groups. When you average a lot of values, you can get significant results between glaucoma and normal or look at the effect of a medication. But on an individual patient, the previous methods were not really useful. So what's special about OCT angiography is that our results are, are so uh, reproducible and also the variation within the normal population is quite small, something on the order of 5%. So now we're talking about a new technology that could be used on an individual patient for clinical management, for diagnosis, prognosis, and monitoring the, the glaucoma status. David, you demonstrated an impressive correlation between OCT angiography blood flow and the pattern standard deviation on visual field testing. Although your study didn't seek to answer this question, do you believe that decreased blood flow is a cause or an effect of the glaucoma? Well, I actually don't think it's either or. I believe decreased blood flow is certainly an effect of glaucoma in almost all patients. I also believe that in some patients, reduced flow it's also part of the causal chain of glaucoma damage because of the, the, the independent body of evidence that we discussed earlier. But uh, uh, what's remarkable here is that we found high correlation between blood flow and visual fill in several uh, studies now using both Doppler OCT measurement of total renal blood flow or hemispheric blood flow and OCT angiography measurement of disc flow index and and more recently, this is something we haven't published yet, we also measure peripapillary retinal uh, flow with OCT angiography and found very good correlation with uh, visual field. So in all these studies, we found that visual field correlated better with blood flow than with structural measurement, such as nerve fibrillar thickness or uh, optic disc rim area. And I believe that's because Reduced blood flow not only reflect on the loss of ganglion cells and nerve fibers, but also it reflects 
the uh, dysfunction in some ganglion cells that are sick. So this, this is additional information that uh, should help us tell whether a patient has glaucoma or not and how likely the, the visual field damage will progress in the near future. It's really, really cool stuff. Now, th- this next question deals more with causation than with, with correlation. As, as I said, you've, you've, you've demonstrated an, an, an impressive correlation here. It, it, since the patients that you studied were glaucoma patients, and of course we're on glaucoma medications, is the decreasing blood flow a result of the glaucoma, the pathology, or of the glaucoma medications that the patients are using? Well, I believe that reduced flow is primarily a result of glaucoma uh, rather than the medication uh, for several reasons. One is that we we didn't really see a uh, significant correlation with the medication they were using. And uh, but more importantly, we we saw more reduction in retinal blood flow in the worst hemisphere. In a <clears throat> previous Doppler OCT study we published in in uh, IOVS. And uh, uh, more recently, we found focal uh, peripapillary retinal perfusion defects on OCT angiography that correlated with a focal visual field depression. So focal and hemisphere reduction in flow can only be produced by glaucoma. Uh, They could not be produced by medication, which would uh, affect the whole eye, not not just a focal region. So uh, for all these reasons, I think... Uh, this reduced flow is primarily a result of the, the glaucoma disease process. Of course, we cannot rule out that medication might have, have some effect in some patients. David, this is really, really neat stuff. And, and I'll tell you, I am um, um, envious of, of you that, that you that you that you have this. I would love to use this clinically in the context of my own practice. How soon will this technology be available commercially, do you think? Well, I think relatively soon. Um, our research group has a pending patent on the, the SADA algorithm that's able to produce a high-quality OC, OCT angiogram uh, using a commercial uh, spectral Fourier domain OCT system. And it has been licensed by a company, OptoView, and implemented on their RTView XR machine. Uh, we are already using this commercial version uh, in our clinical studies, and uh, it, it works quite well. Uh, and it's actually been installed in more than 10 centers around the world for clinical research. So I think it's actually ready for clinical use. Uh, a general commercial release in the U.S., I think right now it's limited by the, the FDA approval process, so I cannot predict when uh, that would be, uh, you know, regulatory-wise, that would be available. I think initially uh, OCT angiography would uh, be used to uh, to look at uh, things that are obvious on an image without quantitative analysis, things like uh, choroidal neovascularization, uh, capillary dropout on diabetic retinopathy, uh, proliferative di- diabetic retinopathy. These are all quite obvious when you just look at an OCT angiogram. And then uh, quantitative uh, analysis to, to measure blood flow, uh, 
that would be required for glaucoma, I think, you know, looking at the optic disc or the parapapillary retina or the macular blood flow uh, in a quantitative fashion. That would require uh, a normative database uh, of, of these, uh, these quantitative parameters. And, and I, I think that would re actually require a separate FDA approval, so that might take even longer. But I, so I think uh, <clears throat> the initial release, uh, probably a matter of months rather than years from now, and the eventual uh, quantitative measurements for glaucoma maybe a little bit later. Uh, I, I, it could, could be one or two years, I, I don't know. Uh, is so um, I, I think uh, we will be able we'll, we'll see this in clinical use in a relatively near future. David, thank you very much for speaking with me today. Thank you very much for having me. David Wang is the week's professor of ophthalmic research at the KCI Institute at the Argonne Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. His paper. Optical Coherence Tomography and Geography of Optic Disc Perfusion in Glaucoma appears in the July 2014 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Wong or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.